it's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, faithful? Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And what we have for you today is a 49ers checkup. Let's step back. (laughs) Obviously, the situation has changed dramatically after the last game versus the Washington football team. Um, Let's step back and let's check up on this team. What do we have moving forward? What are some major issues that need to be addressed? And let's see what's going on. We're going to hear from Kyle Shanahan a few times, go over some major injury updates, news, and all those things. And, of course, I have to say this. I love it, Countdown Crew, showing up strong on a Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. (laughs) Um, I freaking love it. That is awesome. The days have just blended it together and it's a mess welcome evelyn finally i made it on time i see you here and i appreciate it thank you so much shout out to the countdown crew i love it get all those entries in um we're gonna have some more giveaways man for the new year so appreciate everybody joining us and right off the bat let's talk about this kind of the big pressing things that we have on this year You can't really look past the quarterback position with Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle, both of them missing so much time, so many injuries. Both of them get injured twice um, in one season. Kyle Shanahan was asked, you know, what is the timeline on these guys, George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo? Is there any chance they could start practicing this week? And here's what the head coach had to say. Our team this year, but Jimmy's was definitely the worst. That's why we thought he was going to need surgery for a little bit. Um, but he didn't. Um, that's why he needs longer rest than most of the people. Um, but Jimmy won't be back this week um, for practice. I'm hoping to get Kittle into practice a little bit this week. Uh, we'll see about Jimmy if he's ready for some practice the following week. Uh, but I think this week just we have a chance at Kittle for practice, and that's it. And, and so now what does this mean? So these players are coming back off of IR, but – you have to activate them from practice squad to be eligible to, or sorry, off the IR to practice. So what happens is you trigger a 21-day whatever activity where they can practice. They don't count against the 53 until activated. The 49ers have shown, we've seen it so many times this year, they don't activate until Saturday at 1 p.m., which is the absolute latest they can. So even if Kittle practices this whole week, which I think he will, I do not expect to see George Kittle suited up um sunday versus the cowboys i just don't think it's going to happen is it a possibility yes but why rush them back you're not going to the playoffs are you statistically eliminated from the playoffs no Eh, just logically (laughs) it's not going to happen even if the 49ers win out and they get a whole bunch of things go their way they will lose the tiebreaker because of conference um schedule uh the only there's no even if you beat Arizona, right? Then it's one-to-one, so that's a tiebreaker. They have a better conference uh, win schedule than us because we've lost so many games to NFC opponents. Um, I think probably the most disparaging stat that I, I have this entire year is that the 49ers are currently 1-2 and two versus the NFC East. That breaks my heart. Um, turnovers were a major result of both of those games, but it hurts. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, the handsome devil himself, 
This is imperative. Unfortunately, he's not getting to practice, which means no chance he'll play this week. Maybe he'll start practicing next week, but I don't think he's going to play that week either against Arizona. Perhaps he gets the start against um, Seattle. I, I would love to see that out there, even if it is. We cannot see Jimmy Garoppolo enough. The more stats, looks, snaps, whatever, we got to get him out there. You have to bolster confidence in your team, your ownership, the front office, the fan base. You have to do those things. Otherwise, you will be replaced. There's no doubt if you're Jimmy G and his agent, you're sitting there saying, all right, we need to get out there. <laughs> we need to get out there. Come on, man. How's that ankle? How's that ankle? You don't want to rush them back because, again, you're not going to the playoffs. But if the 49ers don't get any more clarification on this quarterback issue moving forward, even if Kyle Shanahan has the utmost confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think he has confidence, not utmost, you definitely need a backup quarterback that's willing to step in. Look how much Jimmy Garoppolo's been injured. And we're going to talk, we're going to spend most of our time today talking about the issue of pass protection, where it comes from. Offensive line, play calling scheme, quarterback, dropped passes, all these things filter into it. Um, you know, if you're with us on the Patreon, I just released a full hour breakdown on this issue. And man, after watching the film, the, the all 22 and the coaches game pass and, you know, the behind the scenes and stuff. Oh, man, I, I feel like I have such a clearer picture of where this team is offensively. I'll share some of those film snippets uh, with you as well. Debo. Ah, Debo. This sucks. Worst week ever, man. You, you lose the actor that played Debo. That was awful. And then, you know, the whole idea is Debo's going to come out and have a great game. One play. Um, tweaks his hamstring and he's going to be done. You know, Kyle Shanahan came out and basically said, quote, we would have to make the playoffs to see Debo again this year. So, having said that, you're not going to see Debo again this year. And there's no need to rush back. You know, Kyle Shanahan talked to him going back through whenever he had his foot issue. He breaks his foot with the Jones fracture uh, just working out with people out in Tennessee. Lost his entire offseason. Lost it all. Fought to get healthy, did everything he could, but he wasn't in football shape. Comes back, tweaks his hamstring. Fights to get back from that. Finally gets going, hurts his foot. Again, takes a knee to the foot, but still got through it. Comes out, hamstring big time. There's things that happen when your body isn't at football capacity. And Kyle Shanahan talked about this with Debo, just saying this offseason is so big. If you want to play the whole season, Without any issues, you have to have a good offseason. Um, that's just the way it is. There are some people that can just show up and do whatever. Debo, somebody that's going to go 100% on every damn play and leave everything out there, he's not that cat. He has to have the work put in, the strength and conditioning put in, so his body can maintain that throughout the whole year, which we saw as rookie year. We saw that. Uh, so it's not one of those things that's impossible. Uh, we just haven't seen it. Another guy that we haven't seen, Jawan Jennings, a wide receiver. Seventh round pick out of Tennessee, the big slot. Man, we could use a number three wide receiver. Huge right now. Uh, probably the worst performance from Kendrick Bourne in his entire career was this last week. Four drops, offsides, ran two routes on crucial downs short of the sticks. Um, and, you know, it just so many mental errors. But anyway, Jawan Jennings, the head coach was asked, 
man, what are the chances that we're going to get to see Juwan Jennings uh, anytime soon? Because we haven't seen him at all. And here's what he had to say. It, it actually opened up some interesting light on Juwan Jennings' injury. He had a hamstring issue as well. Here's the head coach. Juwan today, which makes me think no, at least this week. Um, uh, he pulled his hamstring very bad. Um, the worst one on our team this year. Um, almost ripped it. So um, I know he's trying to get there. Hopefully he'll maybe get a week or two here at the end. Um, but that's just to get him a little more experience before we head into this offseason. This offseason will be big for Juwan. Not a lot of confidence whatsoever from the head coach. And you kind of take it and you're just like, ah, <laughs> ah, this hurts. This hurts. Because you want to be able to see this is the time period where you should find out. What's this kid got? And we're not going to the playoffs. We have a huge need at the position he plays. Let's get him out there and let's see what's going on. Because now you have no Debo. He's gone. So now you're back to Brandon Ayuk and the band of misfits. But unfortunately, if a hamstring and a wide receiver's out, like he said, he almost ripped it. And that's, that's a huge thing. So maybe we can just get him activated for just some practice. Um, which, I mean, he's out there practicing. That's fine. But... If he's not even close to, you know, doing what he needs to do and being able to open it up, it, you'll do him a disservice as well. So um, let's jump over now. Let's go to some film. Let's open it up here. And here was my question. Why the hell is the quarterback getting hit all the time? And it is all of the time. You, you, and there's lots of different answers here. And I appreciate, again, all the comments. Go ahead and throw in your uh, – just at me if – you need to know uh, if you have a question you want to talk about. And right off the bat, I think that this is great. Um, I'm nobody you need to know. He, he asked this, John, is Mike McGlinchey able to be coached out of his bad habits or is it too uh, soon enough to label him a first-round bust? So the film that I did today, and again, you guys are kind of seeing just the audio or the video. You're not hearing the audio of it. This is what, if you head over to the Patreon, you can go through it all. I wanted to go through every single pass play and judge the O-line. Because I, like many, am like, this O-line is awful. But here's what I found. And the analytics department backs me up on this. Mike McGlinchey had two bad plays. And you can you know copy and paste that. This is not me trying to say, be a Mike McGlinchey apologist or whatever. That's not what I'm doing. Mike McGlinchey had two terrible plays. They were on the last three plays of the game. Mike McGlinchey, first, second, third quarter, was elite. He was phenomenal. He was great. Now, you look at Mike McGlinchey, and again, he's got these freaking plays every single time that just make you say, what the hell were you doing? He had two of those this game. But again, he was going against Sweat, playing in, play out, Montez Sweat, and Ryan Kerrigan taking turns against him. He owned him through three and a half quarters. <laughs> kind of like the Super Bowl, right? But that very last drive, he had two boneheaded mistakes and got the quarterback hit. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. He did not get the quarterback hit. He had that uh, hold where he just got ran over and tackled the guy on top of him. Um, right, Mike McGlinchey didn't even give up a sack. Mike McGlinchey didn't even give up a quarterback hit in this game. Now, again, I'm not trying to say Mike McGlinchey's good. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this. He played 53 pass blocking snaps 53 he had two bad ones now three if you throw in the penalty i'm fine let's, let's just say that i really don't think mike mcglinchy's the issue and i know that there's you know one prominent sports writer out there that's driving this theme and whatever else 
But the film, everything kind of went back to this. There were four sacks in the game the 49ers gave up. Three of those sacks were attributed to one person. Three out of four, that's 75%. It wasn't an offensive lineman. It was Nick Mullins. The fourth sack, again, wasn't an offensive lineman. It was Kyle Juszczyk. Whenever he got blown up by the blitzing linebacker, um, that one, there's no doubt on anybody's mind who that was. The offensive line was not credited with one sack. And in fact, the worst offensive lineman, and it wasn't even close, was Lakin Tomlinson in pass pro. And again, I'm just talking about the Washington game. I know that's not the end-all, be-all, but that's 53 pass <laughs> uh, snaps that we got to see from this offensive line. And here's what we came away with. Mike McGlinchey played really, really well until that last series, and then he just laid a dud. Lakin Tomlinson had a poor game. Daniel Brunskill, uh, decent. <laughs> it was a Daniel Brunskill S performance. But the guy that surprised me the most, Colton McKivitz, finally got some type of positive anything out of his game, which I thought was awesome. Because, again, if you go back to the last few weeks, Colton McKivitz, I was done. I was done. But he had a very, very good game. Did he make some mistakes? Of course he did. Did he hold on to his blocks as long as he should have? No. But by far, his best game as a pro. For the first time, going through this film and watching everything, I walked away just saying, man, I think Colton McKinnitz could be a player in this league. Uh, you saw some prominent things, and he was going against a good defensive line. But back to your question. Mike McGlinchey's not going anywhere, guys. Um, even if you want to draft, this is a question from, you know, I got emailed to me um, from PV. Uh, he, he messaged me. He said, John, a uh, question for you. He says, I always want to ask you stuff on the pod live, but it's East Coast, so it's difficult to catch. Anyway, he said, would it be possible to draft an offensive tackle and move Mike McGlinchey to offensive guard? Could he do the same things that Lakin does? I don't think he could. Uh, it's possible he could. But that blocking out there on the edge, the run game blocking that Kyle Shanahan covets, that's what he wants. Um, and so I, I really don't think... Mike McGlinchey, I don't think, is going to play guard. Could he play guard? He did his very first start. Do you remember this? The very first start, we lost back-to-back -back offensive guards. And so we had to move Mike McGlinchey to guard. He was bad. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. But I, I get how it's frustrating. We spent the number nine overall pick on the guy. I, I get it. He didn't get the quarterback touched. Not one damn time did Nick Mullins get touched because of Mike McGlinchey in this game. And when you have Nick Mullins throwing the ball 45 times, I think that's your problem. Um, here's the head coach. He was asked a very similar question. Basically this. Was it the quarterback or was it the offensive line for all these quarterback hits and everything that's going on? Here's what the head coach had to say. You're going against a very good front, and but you also got, I mean, I thought we did block them pretty well, um, but they also got after us a few times, kind of like I expected the game to be. Um, and then the number of times you throw it, I mean, I don't care what your O-line is. When you go against a D-line like that, there's going to be times they get off on the snap count and they have good plays, and that's where you hope the quarterback can get rid of it and not take a sack, and um, but worst-case scenario, take a sack. Um, I thought a couple times the pocket was bad and he escaped and gave us a chance to make a play. And then there was a couple times in the game where we picked it up and I think he got a little spooked and got out of there just because of how it was going. Um, but Nick's a tough guy. Um, he has no problem hanging in there and taking hits. Um, but you got to be careful holding on to that ball. You know, that was my biggest disappointment in the pocket is when stuff did break.
breakdown of people around him. And he's trying to make a play and get away, um, not having two hands on the ball because uh, it's a matter of time you turn it over, and that's happened too much. And that's, that's the issue. The offensive line graded really, really well. It was funny because, you know, you watch the game and you're seeing Mullins dance around and all those things, and he's running out of pockets he didn't have to run out of. And, you know, probably, again, one of the schemes. Step back a little bit. This is a problem when number four is under center. There's no two high safeties. The only two high safeties you see is whatever it's third and like 18 well then yeah you're gonna have to throw it deep we don't throw it deep anyway on those plays but whatever there's a single high safety on us every single play there's press man where they're reading the quarterback and jumping the short routes on every single pass play every one because we do not throw the ball deep nick mullins attempted two passes that traveled over 20 yards and they were both under 25 yards this week didn't complete either one of them both wide receivers were open both times. Um, both of them were Brandon Ayuk. He threw the ball late and behind. So you're teeing up every single corner to jump routes, to go get those short routes, to not worry about the deep ball because he doesn't throw it. So now what you're doing is you're forcing more guys up. They blitz like crazy. <laughs> again, go back to the Saints game. Whenever you're seeing all of those nickel blitzes time and time again, because again, they can play man versus us because we have a quarter, terrible quarterback. Um, again, pro football focus. Three of the sacks were on Nick Mullins, not the offensive line. It was him taking his time, holding the ball too long. Second th issue is, why the hell are we going on empty sets on first and 10 and second and 10? The running game is paramount for how this system works, the ebb and flow, everything. You're taking your only offensive threat, which is running the freaking ball, you're taking it and going into an empty set. Again, on early downs. If it's third and long, I get it. You want to go empty set and try to force a man situation and make something happen, no problem. But going empty on first and 10 with number four at quarterback is problematic. He does not read and process things quickly. It's not who he is. So that's a problem as well. Now, it might sound like I'm giving the offensive line a pass, and I am not. I'm not. I think that the 49ers have an average uh, pass-blocking offensive line. I think we're average. Um, and I think we're average when Colton McGivitz had the best game of his career. So many times we're doing play-action seven-step drops with Nick Mullins, who can't throw it deep. Why? You're not stretching the field deep. It's not going to happen. Um, there's just a lot of problems there. Now, you get a quarterback in there that can throw it deep and is willing to throw it deep, or run the ball and have some type of mobility, well, eh, that's whenever it changes. Um, I, I think that there are things that you can do. Kyle Shanahan talked about this as well. Nine drops. Nine on 45 passes. That's huge. This was a one-possession game, and there was that one point after the pick six where it was like, okay, this game's over, and that's just the way it kind of felt. Still ended being a one-possession game. It's just the quarterback play was so bad. You know, there was a, I, I forget the efficiency rankings that's done. I, I should have been able to pull it up for you guys. I apologize. Over the last three weeks, quarterbacks who have performed better or worse per pass attempt um, on expected results and all those things, the bottom three quarterbacks in the league. Um, you had Matt Ryan, which was pretty, pretty bad, obviously. Um, man, I forget who was number, oh, Cam Newton was second to worst, and dead last over the last three weeks was Nick Mullins by a lot. That's it. I mean, the worst in the NFL. It's not even close. Uh, now, were there some good passes? Sure. 
But the pressures come to the quarterback not understanding how to manage the pocket and not making quick decisions. I think that's what it comes down to. So now let's transition to some draft talk. Do the 49ers need to address the offensive line in the draft? Hell yes, they do. They need to every year. I think the paramount focus is you got to get Trent Williams. That's priority number one this offseason. Number one, Trent Williams. Can't franchise tag him. That's written into his contract. Fred Warner's very, very important. I understand that, but we have Fred Warner for another year. We're going to renegotiate his deal similar to Kittle's. Once we get all the other pieces in play, then we will do the Warner contract right during the preseason probably. Um, but I don't care. You sign. Trent Williams is going to get pretty close to $20 million a year, and he deserves it. He's earned it this year 100%. He is elite, elite, elite. He has been incredible. Are there issues on the offensive line? Yes, it doesn't start with Trent Williams. That guy is great. He's going to get $20 million a year. So you're going to sign him to you know a three-year, $60 million deal or something like that. That's got to be number one. Lakin, you got to keep him. Brunskill, I like Brunskill as a flex guy. The best place for Brunskill is to be a backup for the entire offensive line. First one off the bench. Tackle, guard, center, Brunskill's first to go. But I don't think he's a great starting center. Now, where the 49ers picking, currently 12th. Um, I think it's 12th. Let me check real quick. I got it right here. Um, where the 49ers are currently picking is 12th. But that could change. Let's say they lose. I don't think they're going to. I think they'll beat the Cowboys. But I, I, I struggle with the Arizona and the Seattle game, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo is not back. As long as number four is under uh, the quarterback, I'm going to probably bet against us. I won't bet against us. That's no fun. Um, but I, I don't think that we're going to win games. Having said that, let's real quick, let's get a quick word from our sponsor, then some more questions. I see some questions piling up in the chat. I'll get to those just after this. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That can't end. 2020 has been awful. And let's be honest, we all deserve a win. And we all deserve to have a little fun. So head over to the one place that guarantees that, and that's my bookie. There's only one sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They've got gifts for everyone. Bet NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports and more. And here's the thing. Sign up today. Receive the ultimate stocking stuffer. A 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. 50% up to $1,000. That's incredible. That's a great place to start. But we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And in my bookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. They got them going all year round. It's simple. Head over to mybookie.ag, enter in the promo code 49ers49ERS, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over there, and let's get going. Let's get some winning going. This winner, bet with the best. Bet with mybookie. There you go. And my Thursday night bet special, I got a pretty good one. A parlay, uh, a fun Thursday night parlay. We got the Raiders and the Chargers. I'm taking the Raiders' money line. Uh, the Raiders are favored. They're negative three and a half points, but I don't like it. That's too many points for me. I don't really trust Derek Carr, but I do think that they will win. Um, so I'm taking the money line, which means Raiders just have to win. They win the game, you get paid there. But I'm partnering that with the over, which it's set at 53 and a half, but I'm buying a point and a half. So I'm sorry, set at 53. I'm buying a full point and a half. So the over under is set at 51 and a half. So it's 52 total points. Uh, bet five to win 13. Um, so I really, really like this bet. Again, Raiders money line and taking the over. I'm feeling pretty good about this. Uh, when these two teams play, they don't have great defense. Man, they put up a lot, a lot of points. So I'm pretty excited about that. 
Um, now, let's get to a couple questions real quick. I'm liking some of the stuff out there. Uh, let's see here. Holiday question. What is your favorite eggnog? Man, anyone with rum in it, and I am down. That stuff is delicious. I was raised in the South. So any th this is gross, but uh, let's, let's just be real. Any, like, milk-based product, I'm down with. <laughs> um, anything, I am 100% down with. That's what that is. And you, I don't know if you guys can tell the shirt I'm wearing. My wife just made us take Christmas pictures, so I'm a little cranky, but I made it through it. The kids did better than I did. We made it through it. The, the only good thing I could say is, man, at least I look great. You know what I mean? I can just show up and look good at any time, so that helps. But, man, I do not like posing for Christmas pictures. I don't know why. Um, Matthew, is there any chance we see Kittle and Reed on the field together? All that has to happen. Reed has to make it through this week with no injuries, which is no given. But I do fully expect George Kittle to be a suit up next week. Not this week versus the Cowboys. I think next week versus Arizona, I expect Kittle to be back, but not Jimmy Garoppolo. That would be nice because, again, get those two tight end sets. And one thing I do have to say, Charlie Warner, another rookie. He has been playing very, very well. You talk about pass protection and run blocking and things like that. He's been doing great. Um, big fan of seeing number 89 out there. I'm pretty excited. I, I think that he's going to be in competition next year with Ross Dwelly. Uh, you got to bring three tight ends, and I love Duck Tate Dwelly is more than anybody. But the upside of Charlie Warner playing alongside George Kittle is huge. Um, I don't think that you're going to carry four tight ends. Um, and so there's going to be some competition there because you're going to bring back, um, you've got to bring back Jordan Reed. He fits the system and he proved he can do it. So, um, anyway, let's see here. Drew, he says, hope you're safe. We are all quarantining here. Thanks for making the podcast. Amazing. Man, thank you, Drew. Yeah, stay safe. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, stay safe, man. Appreciate that. Sergio, I hate the thought of tanking, but at this point, wouldn't it behoove us to do so? Uh, perhaps, but... I'll say this a thousand times over. Remember that one time we had the number two pick in the draft, a lock pick, and we go and take Solomon Thomas, who was supposed to be a perfect whatever, didn't pan out. Um, so you don't want to create a culture of losing. I get it. Uh, if the 49ers lose out, is it the worst thing? Hell no. But you never try to lose. You don't try to tank. Um, so uh, hopefully that helps, Sergio. From Blue Panda, what other kind of panda is there? Um, do you think we can keep Sherman Verrett? No, I do not. Um, Richard Sherman has come out and even said, it would be an absolute miracle if they can find a way to solve me. We have a lot of free agents. And again, you know, the priority is Trent Williams, Fred Warner. Now, Verrett, I do think we can keep because I don't think he's going to cost near as much, and he has proven he likes it here. We took a chance on him. Uh, hopefully, he rewards that with a team-friendly deal, but he should get paid. Um, he has never cashed in big time. Um, he hasn't made a lot of money in the NFL like a lot of other people have. But Sherman, no. Sherman's going to go somewhere and make probably $16 million a year on a one-year deal with a team that's going to be playing for, you know, a possibility at a championship. And I don't think the 49ers can swing that deal. I, I just don't see it. But um, take that for whatever. Uh, you, you know, it's kind of a, it's a mess. Mike says this, I've heard plenty of speculation as the offensive coach Sala may take as his OC. I think I'm worried about what our defensive coaches he may take as well, such as D'Amico Ryan's thoughts. Well, I don't think that he's going to take many of our defensive coaches because he would have to promote somebody to defensive coordinator, which would mean you would have a brand new head coach, Robert Sala, who has never been a head coach. 
Do you think he's also going to bring a defensive coordinator that's never been a defensive coordinator? Not likely. It's a possibility, but you couldn't take D'Amico Ryans as a linebacker coach. You would have to promote him to D.C. I doubt that's going to happen. I do believe he will be taking one of our offensive um, coordinators. I do think that that will happen. So uh, I think both our passing and running game coordinators are going to be gone this year. Um, I, I, that's just going to happen. Um, anyway, all that being said, let's go to a couple other things. Kyle Shanahan was, I thought this was awesome. Kyle Shanahan was asked, man, what are the kind of benefits of perhaps being out of the playoff race? Uh, maybe you can get some guys some more playing time. What does that look, look like? And here is Kyle Shanahan looking on the bright side of life, if you will. To a degree. I mean, it, you try to, you try to make try to see the positive in everything or you try to make it a positive. I mean, they're all pretty negative things that have happened and there has been a tough thing for us, but um, you know, like talking to Debo, I mean, this uh, Debo getting that injury in the off season and him trying to come back where he didn't get an off season because of his injury and how hard that is to do. Um, I remember talking to him this morning when he came in, just um, knowing about his hamstring and stuff. And every time Debo's come back, he's gotten re-injured and it's because he hasn't been in a position to really be in great football shape. And I was just telling Debo that, you know, I know he was so down that he might end up missing the rest of this year. And I was like, I know it seems like a bad thing, but it's a positive thing if you make sure that this hamstring injury is what you learn for the rest of your life on why every day in this league matters and how much you have to work in the offseason, how much you have to take care of yourself so you can play for a full year because that's the only thing that's going to hold a guy back like that. Um, so you look and trying to look at everything that way. That And Colt McKivitt's getting out there a lot more than we planned on this year. You know, Charlie... Um, and Dwelly um, having to play so much, you know, we didn't expect George to miss this much time. Um, those guys get some pivotal um, lessons that will really help them down the road. And I think that's what helped our team a lot our first two years. Um, I think that's why we have had some depth here too, to where some guys have gotten out there that are backups and they've been starters for most of this year, but they've been through that before. I mean, KB has started a lot for us this year and um, he had, and he also did his first year because he was thrown in a position as an undrafted rookie where people got hurt and he had to play. Um, so all that stuff helps you later in your career if uh, you don't let it break you and if you're ready for the moment and you can gain confidence that through it. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match of up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And so you develop depth and now you get a chance to see some of these fringe guys get some more playing time. Guys like DFF, you know, Al Shaher, Colton McKivitz. You know, you get these guys out there. You wish it could be Juwan Jennings. But you get to figure it out. And I think that might be another reason why we're going to see a lot of Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, is he going to be able to play his way into being a part of this team moving forward? Jarek McKinnon seems to be done. He got two snaps. Two snaps. That's it. Tevin Coleman seems to be done as well. So can Jeff Wilson fix his fumbling issues and develop some of that depth? I, I think there are some things for us to watch moving forward. And I'm excited about those things. Now, uh, another comment from Nobody You Need to Know. Why did Kyle abandon rolling Mullins out of the pocket when it clearly worked for a touchdown? I'm with you. Um, you can't let Mullins sit there and drop him back in five and seven step drops. That's not who he is. Has to be quick reads. Has to be moving. It is athleticism involved. And it worked perfectly for one drive. And then it just got completely abandoned. Kyle Shanahan's play calling in the second half is definitely a giant question mark. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Terrell, let's see here. Do you think that Shanahan let Mullins throw it 40 plus times because he was sort of giving him a tryout to see if he is worth bringing back next year? I can tell you this. Not one person, not one, in the front office coaching staff wants to bring back Mullins next year. They do not. They don't want it. As a third quarterback, maybe. But I can guarantee this, if I believe in nothing else, there will be a quarterback added or perhaps the entire new quarterback room next year. There's no doubt. Whether you draft one, whether you bring in free agents, there's going to be movement. The fact that C.J. Beathard still has not seen the field tells you everything you need to know about C.J. <laughs> Why? What do you need to see from Nick Mullins? Uh, I mean, good Lord. He is one for his last six games. One win out of six games. What else do you need? Get him out of here, man. Uh, we're, we're done. It, hopefully, CJ starts this week. But even then, it's kind of bad. Now, another guy that's been awesome is Brandon Ayuk. And Kyle gave some criticism here, which I thought was unique. So going through it. I mean, I thought he had one of his better games last week. You know, I know he had some of his good stats. But, um, you know, I'm, I got high expectations for Brandon. And I just want him to keep improving each week. Each, each week's a different situation. He is a rookie. Um, he handles himself more like a pro than most rookies I've been around. Um, so I think he's got a great future with that. Um, but but I still think he can play a lot better, and I think he could have last night too. So um, I think he took a small step back last night and hoping he'll take two forward next week. It's crazy to look at what Ayuk's done and to think that he had a bad game. Uh, th there was, you know, he did have a drop. There were nine drops, four of which went to Kendrick Bourne, one to Brandon Ayuk. You could say two, um, but... There were, there were some plays that were left on the field. But Ayuk has been the sole person carrying this team, even with Raheem Mostert back, which Raheem Mostert's been good. You're just not getting him enough carries. It hasn't been great. And so we'll have to see what happens. This week's going to be interesting. The Dallas defense is very, very bad. We'll do a full breakdown of the game and all those things. But you've got to figure something out there. Um, but I am very happy with Brendan Ayuk, and I'm excited to see what he's going to keep doing this year because these three games, he is going to be targeted like crazy. Crazy. Uh, who, who the hell else you going to throw it to? <laughs> There's nobody else out there. 
Zach Campbell asked this, what would it cost us to drop Richburg? Um, and was he actually good when played? A couple things. Richburg has not been healthy once. That was the question when you got him, and you went and paid so much money to bring this guy in. He has not contributed near what you would like. Now, what would it cost? Let's look at his contract details. I just got him pulled up. You have Richburg signed for a very long time. <laughs> for a very long time. Now, you do. The 49ers have a potential out this year, and I think they're going to take it. So what those numbers would look like if you cut them, you have two options, pre-June 1st and post. Now, pre-June 1st is like ripping the Band-Aid off. You save $3 million in cap this year, but you save a little bit more money in cap the following year, 2022. Or you could just say, we want all our cap relief in 2021. And if you do that, you cut them post-June 1, you save $8.3 million. He's gone. He's gone. Is he a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense? Yeah, he is. And guess what? So is D Ford for this defense. But the best ability is availability. Neither one of these guys have it. The, the issue of injury prone, I don't like that conversation with young people. Um, you know, people coming out of college, not near as much. If it's the same issue or same injury repeated, then maybe. Like Bosa was tagged as somebody that was injury prone. That's ridiculous. You guy tears an ACL. That's what it is. Core muscle issue, <laughs> strain your abdominal. No, that's it's soft tissue. It's different. Hamstrings repeatedly. Now that's an issue. Uh, I don't like that. Calf strains repeatedly. I don't like that. But, you know, ankles and knees and things like that, they're really hard to, to follow. And probably the most injury prone person in the entire NFL history is Jordan Reed on our team with the concussions. But uh, he's panned out somewhat okay this year. Obviously, he had the knee issue and the ankle issue, but I don't know. Younger players, I don't usually tap them that, but whenever you have somebody like Richburg or D Ford, you can't pay premium money at a premium position and not play at all, ever. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Richburg has not taken one healthy snap for the 49ers. He's gone. So yeah, you wait till after June 1, you cut them, that gives you an extra $8 million. D Ford, gone. Wait till after June 1st, you cut them, you get a whole bunch of money. Uh, I think you get $9 million there. So that's $17 million cap space that you freed up just by letting go these two injury-prone veterans. But did they overpay to get them? Yeah. But I don't think it's the end of the world because you're still allowed to get out of that. And I, I think that's one of the things that you got to take away. This 49ers team, and you know, back to kind of where we started, they're not going to the playoffs this year. But would you rather have another team's roster moving forward? There's not a lot of teams I can think of. There really, really aren't. Especially if you look in our division. Salary cap-wise, we're going to be in the best situation out of every single team in our division. Our base is built. Do we have questions at quarterback? Yeah, we do. We'll have to figure those out. Um, we'll spend some more time talking about those. Appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for all the support. And as always... Stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.